We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Paloma with me as well today, as always. It's uh, Thursday morning. Thanks for making us a part of your week as you listen to this uh, Thursday afternoon, late into the week. We're going to talk about uh, a number of things. The debt ceiling. Uh, the bill got passed to extend the debt ceiling. It's a good thing, bad thing. We're going to talk about Ted Lasso. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff here on a um, Thursday after, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon as you hear this. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Um, I'll tell you before we get rolling that I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Even if you don't think you're looking for a Ford, it's a weird car market out there because of the pandemic and supply and demand and the chips and all that stuff. Make sure you're getting a good deal elsewhere. Let Corey help you in that regard. 662-257-1900. And uh, Martin, tell the people about Pinnacle before we get rolling too. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Glad to be back on. Uh, this actually is a kind of a highlight to my my week, especially as we've been through the going through our transition and our conversion. Um that is not necessarily the the most fun thing to do, but uh, man, I enjoy. I think we've built, we've you know, we've we've kindled a really good friendship on this on our regular Thursday morning coffee and conversations with each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Even though you're like, you know, two hundred miles away, and uh, <laughs> but no one, no one. I was actually saying that to someone else um, a couple of weeks back that you know that I really felt like you and I had a a really good friendship and connection even though we've only you know physically met on a you know a handful of times but that doesn't have to define a a friendship anyway i'll actually talk about pinnacle um <laughs> <laughs> so man we uh i am excited that we are getting close to the end of of this huge conversion which um uh which really is, is helping us stay on the cutting edge of technology with our clients with what we can do from a reporting standpoint um, you know, our planning has not changed. That is that way. That's something I think has always been one of our strengths is the, is the planning piece of, of what we do with our clients and not just helping folks feel good about whether they're on track for, you know, whether it's retirement or, you know, uh, getting a house paid off or, you know, sending kids to school, which man, I am staring that. And I know you're already, you're already into that phase. Oh yeah, Neil, for sure. but I'm, we just visited a couple of college campuses this week. We were at, at Mississippi state, um, on Tuesday, Christopher is very interested in engineering and, um, 
And then we have we went to Holmes yesterday because he still does want to play soccer, um, you know, in the junior colleges, which I'm an advocate of the junior college system anyway, but an uh, opportunity for him to play soccer and also, you know, get some schoolwork, get some hours done. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, we still have two more college – well, I'm sorry, three more college visits. Um, he's visiting my alma mater, Millsaps, at the end of the month, and then uh, we're going to UCF and then my dad's alma mater, University of Miami, um, in November. So, man, I'm I'm in my client's seats with, you know, planning, and it's, it's kind of funny. It's I suck at doing planning for myself. Uh, I'm <laughs> really good at planning for other people. So if you're like me and you suck at doing planning for yourself, uh, give us a call. I'm, I'm really good at working with other people's funds. Um, just, you can call us at 601-957-0323 or email us at info at mypinnwealth.com. All right. We got a lot of things we want to get to. Yeah. But I want to start with, um, I want to with start with Ted, yeah. I want to start with Ted Lasso. Oh, perfect. Okay, excellent. So the way that I consume Ted Lasso, and we're gonna we're not gonna do spoilers here. I promise we're gonna protect you if in the event that you aren't up on it or you haven't started it yet. Shame on you if you haven't. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> I'm kidding. You should be watching. Um, but Ted Lasso is on uh, Apple Plus. It's uh nearing the end of season two in fact the final episode of season two is supposed to drop here in the next 24 hours or so as we record this right and uh you and i consume this different ways i think you you take it the moment it drops um i i find that i want i find that i want to watch it at a time when i can be by myself where i can have some time to think about it where i can have some time to go back if i think i missed something to uh go back a few seconds and watch it again. I, I don't know why I have, I have found that the, uh, the, the, the series has been very thought provoking for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the last episode, um, the next to last episode of season two really hit me in all of the feels, um, everywhere. I mean, I didn't like start crying or something, although I did tear up a couple of times because, uh, the, the, the show is done. The writers of the show have done such an incredible job of getting us to uh, to know these characters. And yes, I realize they're not real. Um, these characters on multiple levels. They're not just soccer players or just a soccer owner or just a coach or um, just an assistant coach or, or... Or a girlfriend. Or a girlfriend who works in, you know... like. Whatever job Keeley has, I'm not really exactly sure. I guess she's in marketing. She's almost famous for being almost famous. Yes. As she said in season one. <laughs> but now she's kind of in marketing for the club. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot there. And frankly, there's so little soccer now that you kind of forget that it's a soccer team and you don't know whether they're winning or losing or 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 what where they are in the table absolutely yeah, you, you know that that sam has emerged as a as a star and and uh there are some other players that are on the team but you don't it's not really a soccer show so anyway this last episode and we can't do this in depth because we would be spoiling it but it 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 really hit me in in, in a number of of different feels and 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 i'm kind of catch myself 
looking forward to the finale and at the same time dreading the finale because I think a couple of things are going to happen that are going to hurt my heart a little bit, as weird as that is. But I think that's a sign, right, that a sign that, that you, uh, you've done your job is that people watch the show and feel something. Yeah, they're invested. Yeah. Um, and then I hate that it's going to end. You know, I, I hate that uh, next Friday I won't have another episode of Ted Lasso to watch. I mean, I guess I'll go back and watch, but I won't have, I won't have a new episode right. to think about. It, and, and it won't be your first time. Yeah, I won't. I won't watch it and 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 be kind of lost in thoughts. I watched Carson practices in Tupelo on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And uh, I typically take him on Monday and Tuesday, and Laura takes him on Thursday because we tape a, a a live podcast that's our Friday morning Oxford Exxon podcast. And so I take him on Tuesday, and a lot of times on Tuesday I'll go run on the track there in Tupelo or um, whatever. But on this day I'd already gotten my exercise done. I was ahead with work, and I didn't have anything to do. And so I was. it was a cool night. I turned off the car and rolled down the windows and – um pulled out my phone and watched this episode of Ted Lasso while Carson was practicing soccer. And I really couldn't focus on anything else the rest of the night. I mean, he got back in the car and he was telling me something about practice and I have no idea what he said. Um, and I got home and, and Laura doesn't watch the show. And so we can't talk about it. And so I, I was just kind of lost in my own thoughts. And she said, what are you thinking about? What's going on? I was like, well, it's Ted Lasso. It's just, and she can't understand it. And so I don't really, <laughs> and I'm this weird person that just does not have many friends, and I don't have anyone to talk about Ted Lasso with. And so I have internalized this last episode of Ted Lasso for about three days, and it's been a lot to think about. And and dude, um, we can we can totally be last holes together. Yeah, we can talk Ted Lasso. We, so. we 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 absolutely could talk Ted Lasso. We 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 have to be careful doing it here because I don't want to ruin the show for someone yeah. that's behind. But um. I don't know. A, a few characters have grown to a crossroads where something has to happen, and I think I know what's going to happen, which probably means that I'm wrong. Something different's going to happen, but I think I know what's about to happen with a few characters, and I'm kind of sad about it. Yeah, it is. It's definitely been a a different season than season one, and I think. Um, you know, season one was really kind of uh, folksy and, you know, positive and lots of character development and, you know, and funny. And then you get redemption and and it was just all of the great things. And then season two has felt real uh, to me, like where it's, you know, Without and I think I can say this without spoiling anything, but the, but the spotlight is not on Ted. You know, it's and it's kind of in a very lassoish fashion that it's about other people, right? It's it ain't about Ted. It's about other people, which is how I think Ted would. That's his personality type, anyway. Yeah, um, we yeah, haven't he's really definitely gotten, a servant leadership and serves other people. We haven't really gotten to know a lot more about Ted until you think about it when subtly we have. Right. Like we, we really learned a lot about, you and I guessed correctly episodes ago about Ted's father. And yep. we've learned um, how that impacted. Listen to me. I'm talking about Ted Lasso like he's a real person. Uh, he is, dude. Uh, how it's 
he is he is definitely real in our in our minds in our hearts. He's a real guy. Well, there's so. no there's no question about that. And it, that's to me what's incredible is I feel like I, I understand like a lot of his idiosyncrasies and 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 the pain that he's experienced. And yeah, um, he's a real dude. Yeah, he's a real know? person with real feelings and 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 real emotions. And and um, it, and I th- it, it's um yeah I don't know I, I'm I I I cheer for Ted yet. Ted's not the only like at the it, season one to me was a comedy, and season yeah. two has been more of a more of a drama. Yeah, I would agree with that, man. I mean, because they've really gone deep, um, they've really explored, and I think put out there the rawness of of human nature too, and all of our brokenness, and then all of the good things that are that are not broken, also, you know, and. And season one was also about, you know, re, a redemp- there was a redemption story there. And then there was the setup for a failed relationship and a redemption from other characters. Um, and, and you know, and with, with, man, it's really hard to not want to spoil. And I think that, you know, there's one character, and you and I understand it, and people who have watched will understand it, that has really... And and it's been written so well that even I find myself going, "What the hell, dude? Like, I want to re- I want to go into the show and beat this dude's ass for the you know the way that he's that he's acting." But I almost feel in a lash in a lasso ish way that that has to happen for more redemption to happen. Or I could be totally wrong, and it may be the opposite of what happens is there is no redemption. It's just hurt and pain that happens. And maybe those people move on and that's the end of the story, but yeah. I just can't see for whatever I reason, I that I, I, for whatever reason, I don't expect season two to end with a lot of like uh, happiness and cheering and yeah, standing and with, ovations. Yeah. And with all the bows tied neatly, I, I don't yeah. expect it to look like a really pretty Christmas wreath. Well, you know, and I like actually, I like that analogy, man. A pretty Christmas wreath. Um, and I've I've done a lot of reading, just things that are written about the show, too, especially things that where Bill Lawrence is commenting, or um, you know, or Coach Beard, um, uh, where Brendan is is commenting, and you know, and and one of the things that they have both said is, uh, and they're obviously I'm a Star Wars geek, and uh, and they are too. You know, and they're like, this is a trilogy and we're, you know, we are in Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, Empire Strikes Back, if we can go, if we can, if you'll allow me to go down the, the Star Wars rabbit trail for, for just a minute. It's you know, your show too. Yeah, sure. Um, Empire Strikes Back is really, uh, you know, Luke's, Luke's story with his, with his struggle too for, um, you know, the good versus bad and evil versus, <clears throat> um, you know, versus light. And, and then also Vader's story, you know, of, and we don't have Vader's full story until the prequels came out. So all you know is, you know, that uh, Luke's father, Anakin, was murdered by Darth Vader. That's kind of what we get from Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, not realizing that that Obi-Wan is actually the one who like mangles 
Vader. Um, but it's because Vader, you know, he let his, he turned anger, anger ruled his, his life and, uh, and fear, anger and fear ruled his life. And, and it turned him into this, you know, super powerful, dark dude. And we don't find out in the prequels, um, you know, kind of Anakin's story. The, the original trilogy is uh, trilogy is really about Luke's story all the way up to the very end of empire strikes back, you know, and that's where Vader has to make the decision of, you know, does he stick with emperor Palpatine and kill his son who's fighting for goodness or, you know, does he, does his heart get softened? Does he turn to light? Does he have the redemption story and kill Palpatine, which of course is what happens. And then of course it costs him his life uh, during that piece too. And it's like empire strikes back is really kind of dark at the very end, man. It's about loss. It's about, it's about redemption, but it's about loss and it's about, you know, fatherless men and trying to find themselves and become, you know, real men and, and dude, hurt people, hurt people. And so I think that's also the story of, I'm going to bring it back around to, you know, Ted Lasso season two. I think that's a lot of the underlying piece of, of, of Ted and of, of Lasso season two. And then you'll see Ted's struggle to, you know, that he's hurt, he's damaged. He has a huge father wound and trying to not wound others. But then it's like, Man, you look at Henry, his son, and he's in Kansas, Kansas City, and Ted is in London. And he's like trying to be father to all these dudes, but he's can't be father to his own son, which is that you know, all the man, that's uh all the things that I think about too. And uh I'll be interested to see if they follow the the kind of the arc of Star Wars you know, uh, season three, if it's like return of the Jedi is going to be, you know, resolution of all wronged things and, and happiness, but we'll see if they take that route. Anyway, I'll get out. I'll get off of my star Wars Ted Lasso rabbit trail. Well, the one thing you are, bring, you, are you a star Wars fan? Uh, I watched it when I was a kid and, and okay. I liked it, but no, but I'm, you didn't I'm, get nerdy about like Joseph Campbell's here's a thousand faces, the whole hero story arc. And no, Plowing it in, plowing it into. I wrote college papers on it. Um, I'm just. I wrote college papers on the Kennedy assassination. I went, <laughs> I went down, I went down that path. Um, and the yeah, the Reagan near assassination, which is another story. Which, like, how does the world change if Ronald Reagan gets killed? Yeah, and it was like a centimeter, centimeter from from death. Um, anyway. The one thing that I like that they do is the characters, even the glamorous ones, right? Like Keely and Roy, um, Rebecca. They're all so flawed and so yeah. broken, and and that's real to me. Like, yep, you know, I mean, you, that allows you to relate to them. Like Sam, who's an elite, world class soccer player. And yet yep. he's got a lot of stuff going on, and and uh, Jamie, dude, who, who yes, just, the 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 job that they've done with Jamie's character is sneaky, yep. sneaky genius. Yep, I mean, and 
I know we're so, we said no he's spoilers. So, he's so, so broken, right? Yeah. He's such a totally dude. He's such a prick, and then you find out why he's yeah that way. And father wounds, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's a lot of men today, Neil, including myself. Is you know we're broken dudes walking around with these huge father wounds, trying to you know put band aids over something that needs surgery. And dude, and a lot of times dudes won't go to therapy, and well, so they just walk around totally broken. Yeah, it's it's uh, it. I'm I mean I'm one of the lucky ones. I mean my, I I, I never had any father issues. I mean my dad was my dad is still alive, and I mean he's great. I mean I never I never had to wonder if my dad loved me, if my dad supported me, if my dad was proud of me. Um, you know I never I never had to wonder if my dad would be there for me. Never ever not once never. And, um, I know that's not everybody else's story. And, um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think my son's ever had to wonder whether I'm there for him. I mean, I I don't, you know, I, and then, so like, you know, like this, this semester for Carson has been kind of a challenge, right? Because he, uh, we're jumping all over the place. I don't care. It's one of those shows. It's yeah, Thursday, it's October day. the 7th. We'll get to debt ceilings and stuff in a minute. <laughs> and we might not get to and debt ceilings, not, and that's and okay. And we might not. If we don't, it's okay. My my son Carson's 15, turned 15 on Monday. And, uh, you know, the jump from uh, eighth grade to ninth grade is a big jump. Yep. And not to get political here, but especially for middle school kids who the last year and a half, essentially, of their lives was, I mean, they're, they're, so his seventh grade year was stopped short. In March, yeah, they did the Zoom thing, but come on. Yep. Um, and we found we have subsequently found that Carson, like we tried tutoring via Zoom. We have found that Carson doesn't learn on Zoom. And Carson's a very bright kid, but he doesn't learn on Zoom. Um, he learns in person. And um, then the uh, his eighth grade year was in person, but it was so COVID consumed. That I think, and this is not a criticism of the teachers or the administrators or anyone at Oxford Middle School, but I think the focus was so on surviving the year that it wasn't on teaching kids. And so they didn't really have homework. They just gave them grades, I think, for the most part. And um, he went into high school thinking, eh, I got it. He's made straight A's his whole life. I got it. And he's in this block schedule, which is totally different than what he's ever done before. Yep. And he's got three hard classes. Got pre-AP biology, and he's got uh, geometry, and he's got uh, pre-AP world history. And the first two weeks of high school for him, we were consumed with getting Caroline, our middle child, off to college. And then we were consumed with her rush and... Uh, you know, hearing from her every day, how's it going? Are you, are you doing okay? You know, all that stuff. You know, when you send a kid six hours off to school and you know they're ready, but at the same time you're you're you're, you're nervous and all of that, and you, you you consume your thought on that child. And uh, Carson fell behind bad in the first two weeks, and by the time we realized he was behind, it was it was a problem, and so we really had to like plan a course of attack and um this week has been the week that i think he has finally felt like man i did it you know i caught up and not only that but i'm excelling and you know he had two big exams this week and he aced them both and we studied and 
you know, we went to Jackson last weekend for a, a soccer tournament. We're coming back from the soccer tournament, and he and I are discussing world history. We're going through the notes and talking. I mean, you know, is a is a, and I'm sure, and, and I tell myself this, but I'm sure in the back of his mind, it's a, God, Dad, leave me alone, and B, man, I'm glad my dad's here to help me study this because yeah. you know it's so, you know, I I think he'll look back on it and be like, wow, you know, I mean, I, I he was he was really there for me at that at that at that time. And, you know, hadn't always been peaches and cream this year. I mean, there was like a couple of times where it was like, Hey man, you're going to have to snap out of this funk you're in and let's go, you know, let's go. And, um, you know, and that's part of being a dad too. Right. But anyway, for whatever reason, because of the things that have been going on in my life this year with kind of empty nest and, um, just Carson and you know, he'll be driving in a year and, so, you know, he and I go to these soccer tournaments and stuff and and I don't know, I, you, you know that you know that th- these days are numbered, you feel it. And uh, oh, yeah. and I'll miss it, you know. I mean, I'll really miss it even even um just the time we have together, you know. And um so for whatever reason, the whole Ted Lasso storylines have really resonated with me and I I don't know precisely why. But they really have, and so this last show just it got me and on the the relationships, the father son stuff. Even like they don't even do a lot with it, but it always strikes me um, with like Sam's relationship with his father. Yeah, as opposed their conversations over the telephone, and yeah, you, know, you he tells them he's him. proud of them, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and and and, uh, and then you know. Uh, even Roy's relationship with his, um, I guess that's his niece. Yep. Um, with Phoebe. Yeah, with Phoebe. That that relationship is is interesting. The way that it's yeah. steered Roy's life we, a little bit. I and we have and we found out a little bit more this year about that whole family dynamic too. Um, you know, with Phoebe. Uh, and so it is. You know, Roy is fathering Phoebe. Uh, even though he's obviously not her father, it's really it really is a story about fathers, man. It really is. I think that's what it, that's what's gotten me a little bit is it's a show about fathers, like Rebecca, yep. Rebecca's father. I mean, dude, without, and, and uh, no spoilers, ever, but the scene with Ted, Rebecca, you know, yeah, talking about oh my god, dude, that was just yeah, it's that sh- was just. That was genius writing too. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's it's the fact that it's a show about dads. Maybe that's what it is because I think when you boil it down, not exclusively, but it's a show about dads, and it's really just hit me because it. I don't know. I, you and I have never really talked about this. Like I get irritated um, with television a lot with commercials. If you watch a lot of TV, you'll see this has happened more and more in. Um, pop culture men are portrayed and don't get me wrong i will tell you that i think men are the inferior sex okay i, I will i think I, I think we are um but men are portrayed as bumbling fools in so many television shows in so many commercials men are portrayed as idiots as completely uh, just inept emotionally uh they're they're bumbling stumbling boobs frankly 
And I'm always like, I don't really think, like, I don't think that portrays me at all in any in any way as a as a dad, as a as a husband, as a brother, as anything. I mean, it's more com- I don't know. And so this this show to me, while it has certainly not painted every man in a positive light, in fact, not mm-hmm. at all. No. Um, but I think it's painted what it means to be a man in a far more realistic light, in a complicated light, in a you can be broken and still be strong. You can um, you can have emotions and still be strong because I'll freely admit to you now. I mean, I'm a, I'm a guy that cries sometimes. Like I, I'll run into these guys who are like oh, I've, I've only cried twice in my entire life, and I'm like, dude, I I can't relate to that. And I mean, I don't even know that that's particularly healthy. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I'm not that way at all. And so this show has, frankly, it's kind of I think affirmed to me that I'm. I'm okay, if that makes any sense. It's it's a show, man, that has has resonated with me on so many different levels that, frankly, I think I'm a little emotional right now. Not like in a teary way, but in a, I can I can feel a sense of loss that the show's going to go away for a while, and and I'm going to miss it. Like wondering how those characters are, and you know, it's funny the show that the only other show that ever kind of did this for me a little bit was The Office. And it was a completely different show, and frankly, it's nowhere near as good as Ted Lasso, in my opinion. And I love The Office, and still do. But at the end of The Office, I felt like, and, and frankly, at this point, if you don't know the end of The Office, it's not even about spoilers. That's on you. You're not. You, you didn't intend to watch it. So I really don't care. At the end of that show, you knew, hey, Jim and Pam are going to be okay. Michael has. He's he's okay. Um, Dwight and Angela are going to be good. Uh, Andy's okay. Andy's got a good, a good life. Um, Aaron found the thing she was looking for. Um, even the more obscure characters, you sort of knew where they were headed all the way to Creed going to jail. I mean, you knew, (laughs) you knew where everybody was going. Like you kind of had a, a, a wrap it up neat and tidy with Phyllis. Um, I don't think we're going to get that on Ted Lasso. I have a sense that when it ends, it's going to be ended somewhat open-ended with a few characters where you're not going to know that they're okay. And I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they've talked a lot about um, are they going to go past three seasons? Because, you know, initially they've they've said, hey, we're it's three and that's it. We've written a story. For, it's a three-part act and that's it. And I... The purest side of me hopes that they stick to it, that it's just three, even if there are, you know, that things are not like that uh, pretty Christmas reef that you alluded to earlier with a really nice, beautiful bow on it. You know, if it it's okay if it ends messy or unknown, because that's kind of like life is messy and, and lots of unknowns. And, you know, and another... Uh, not to hit the rabbit trail, but, but to come back to a rabbit trail we were on earlier. Um, one of my favorite characters who is kind of just in the background, but really is, I think just such a strong, uh, character is, is the Higgins character. And even with, you know, the type of father that he is. Yeah. Um, and he fathers, you know, not only his kids, but I mean, he fathers Ted and, 
And even, you know, initially he fathers Rebecca, even though she totally um, rejects his, you know, his fatherly advice to her. And, and he ends up leaving, you know, because of it. Yeah, and, uh, and he and he didn't you know, have he, he, he the, and yet the when the coaching staff sort of welcomed him in, you could tell he was so thankful to finally have like a group of guys. Yeah, I mean he he didn't have that in his life before that. He was he was just kind of this guy that got peed on at work a little bit and and was underappreciated and and he went home to a home that fully appreciated him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and I love what you get to, you know, the Higgins development in season two is great too, especially the, you know, the episode where, um, you know, you get to dive deep into how he and his wife met, and then their story, and and I did not know that Higgins' wife on the show is Higgins' wife, like for real. Oh, I didn't know that uh, either. Yep, I read. Uh, I read that they are they are for real husband and wife, not just on the show. Oh, how about that? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's. Uh, are the kids on the show kids kids in real life? <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I didn't. They didn't say that. So uh, huh. I'm sure we could probably look at credits and whatnot. And if it's and, but if if you're out there and it's a show that you haven't watched yet, I highly recommend it. Um, it's. You don't have to be a soccer fan. In fact, soccer is just a vehicle that they yeah. – it, it's nothing but a, a vessel. Background noise. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a vessel that they use to to, to build the, the stories. It's in the same way that the, <laughs> the office – The office was about a paper company. Yeah, it's, yeah. You, it could have been about a, any other kind of company. Yeah. The, the fact could have. that it was paper. It could have been about Pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really could have. It could have been about a lot of places. Um, I don't know. It's one of the – People talk about what are the advantages and disadvantages to working from home and kind of working in an environment where you're not really around many people. And the advantage is just that, the freedom, especially if you're someone like me who's kind of a self-starter, um, who gets up and gets things done. I manage my own time, and so I'm, I'm good at it. And so I, I can manipulate my schedule in a way that, that accommodates things I want to do. The negative is that I don't have that like office environment. Yeah. And the friendships, the camaraderie. The, yeah, the camaraderie, the friendships, the the things that come with it. You know, it's like any time you ever ask a former athlete, "Hey, what do you miss?" They never say, um, "Oh, I miss practice." No, no one says that. They never say, "You know, I, I miss." Uh, a lot of them don't miss the games, but they'll tell you, "I miss the locker room. I miss yeah. the I miss the bus rides. I miss the plane rides. I miss." I missed the uh, 20 minutes before the meeting started. Um, so they missed that. They missed the, the, the friendships, in other words, the camaraderie. So to me, that's, that always strikes me, you know, because I don't, I don't really have that and, and um, never really have because when you're a beat writer, even like in Mobile when I was a beat writer, I didn't work from the office. That was never in the office. I was on the road five days a week. And so when I came home, I, I mean, I, I didn't go into the office. I had no place to go in the office. And when they made me come in the office, I was lost. And they, they finally, in fact, my first boss when I was a beat writer, a guy named Chet Fussman, he would tell me, well, if you're in the office, I know what you're not doing. Yep, your job. And, yeah, he was like, because you're covering Auburn. So if you're in your office, he goes, Auburn, Auburn doesn't happen here. So if you're here, you're not at Auburn, and you're not – working on things at Auburn. So 
if you're here, odds are we're not getting a bigger product. And I took that to mean don't go here ever. And and so I didn't. You know, I'd go into, I mean, I'd I'd, I'd go to the office twenty minutes a week and just to yeah. drop off, you know, expense report stuff, pick up money, and get get the hell out. And um, that was it. And so I don't know. It's a it's it's kind of, it's kind of the same here too, Neil, with our advisors especially. Um, if our advisors are sitting at their desk, they are not sitting with their clients. They are not out, you know, building relationships. They are not out, you know, in the community doing what they need to do to, you know, to serve their clients or, you know, or develop new business. Um, so it's, I totally understand that, you know, and, and I, there's, there's some kind sometimes a little dichotomy with the internal staff and the, you know, and the, and the advisor team. Because the internal staff is is here, you know, every day from, you know, eight till five ish, and uh, you know, but their roles are just different. So yeah, if I if I've got an advisor sitting at his desk all day long, every day, five days a week, I'm starting to look at him going, dude, are you not? Do you not have client meetings? Are you not visiting with clients? Are you not out trying to develop new business? So I I totally understand that. Um, but but I do have you know we do have an office to come back to here and. You know, and I find myself in the office a lot more now because, you know, I'm not only am I managing clients and managing relationships and business, but I'm also managing the business too. So, but yeah, my, my, my flexibility and freedom is a little less, uh, which is why I watch Ted Lasso at 11 o'clock on Thursdays when it drops. But then, you know, it's funny. I actually go back because I watch it by myself at 11. No one else in the house is awake. Everyone's asleep. I'm a... I have my high energy um, time is really between about, you know, eight o'clock at night and midnight or one in the morning. And, um, you know, sometimes too, it's like, especially through this transition, you know, I'll wake up at eight. I mean, I'll wake up at eight. I'll get to the office around, you know, eight, eight thirty, eight thirty, not eight because I'm dropping kids off at school at eight. And, uh, and then once I hit the office, man, it's like a whirlwind all day long. And that's why I enjoy these Thursdays. It's a break from, you know, from the, from the roller coaster ride, from the tilt a whirl or whatever. And, um, by the time I get home, I'll look back and I'm like, Oh my God, what happened to my day? And then, you know, I want to decompress a little bit and man, I love this time of year because Ted Lasso is my, you know, is my decompression. And there's some other Apple plus shows that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah, they've done a good job of producing, producing content and, you know, like their other show that is running right now, uh, C is pretty good. Um, you know, it's, it's a good little storyline, but, but it's definitely not Ted Lasso. We will talk, uh, you and I, maybe we'll talk Ted Lasso after this. I might, I might need someone to talk to after I see this final episode. (laughs) I I mean, we can have a, we can have an episode that we never, that we never release. Well, so I'm kind of prepared. I'll tell you when I'm going to watch it is, um, I'm gonna watch this. Carson's got a soccer tournament Saturday. In oh, where's tur- he? Where's he playing? He's playing at Flowood. He's not a tournament. They have club league games. Oh, league games. Yeah, yeah. And so um, Laura's gonna to have to take him because I've got to cover Ole Miss Arkansas Saturday morning at eleven. So I'm when they're they're gonna to have to leave here by six fifteen probably. Yeah. So I'm gonna fix a cup of coffee and kind of wake up, and I'm gonna watch it where I can watch it in my own privacy Saturday morning and. 
That way, if it does kind of hit me in the feels, no one ever knows the difference. You know no, what I mean? No one's looking at you. Yeah, I don't want to be. I mean, I don't want to be the guy sitting in my car sobbing over you know some stupid TV show. But this show has made me. And if, if this show hasn't made you feel something, I mean, you're either the toughest son of a bitch in the world, or you need to go get evaluated because you probably want to feel something about the human experience. And and uh, it's, yeah. it's it's hit me in the feels several times. No, it definitely does, man. I mean, and especially this season, um, for sure, you know, this season is a lot, a lot deeper. Um, and you're getting all the internal struggle and, you know, even all of the relationships that are going on, you know, this season. And we do find out about Rebecca's relationship. I won't say anything about it for the people who haven't watched and, you know, and there's a lot of, difficulty in that relationship too um even though i'm kind of like man i i called that i saw that coming but then there's difficulty there there's difficulty with well her the ex, dynamics her ex-husband it. and there's oh the, dude the, the way that they portray that is dude remarkable so i know rupert so is a guy i just want to i do if i could reach into the screen and choke somebody i would just choke him but that's good writing Right. Yeah, because I know in real life Rupert's probably really not like. Although if I ever saw him in real life, I'd probably be like f you Rupert. Well, and, and but <laughs> even even Rupert, who's this hated character, they've allowed you like in this last episode. For whatever reason, at the end of that, I felt sorry for Rupert for the first time. Like mm-hmm. you saw, you saw just how effed up and broken that cat is, and like you said, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. Like I, for some reason, and I have no, 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 I've not read about what's coming or anything, but I have a feeling his character is going to emerge a little bit at times yep. in this moving forward. I think so too, man, because there was a, there was a short little conversation that we did not even hear the words of what were said to another character. Yeah. Um, if you remember at the end of an event got <laughs> so hard to talk cryptically. I know <laughs> cryptically about know. this, but something. Ha- uh, but if something you know, happened you know, there, so, yeah, and, if, yeah, and uh, something happened there that I think that was a seed being planted. Yeah, and and dude, and I really am curious, and and I know we can't do this on the show, but I am curious about how you feel about Trent Grimm. And I know we can't do that on the oh, show because yeah. it, so, it will just yeah, it's, spoil it's, so many things. But it, it's uh, so Trent Krim on the story is a reporter for the Independent. Yep, and yep. one of the teases from the last episode involves a text conversation from Trent, and in it, he does something that I've never done, but have been tempted to do. And wanted to do. Because I've had to sometimes write things about people I didn't want to write. And. Yeah, no, there's a lot there. Um, That was one of the things that gave me. I mean, I was driving back from Tupelo and I was just running it through my mind. Like, what would you do? And if if you were. Is that is that something you is that something you would do? Is that something you would you would. would How would you do it? And, And and it was. Thank goodness Carson had put his headphones on and was, you know, locked into something else because I was, he, he could have, he could have been talking to me about you know, like, Hey dad, there's this girl at school where I normally would need to be listening to it. And I would have been completely tuning him out. So <laughs> it it was probably a good thing that at that moment I was far more Ted Lasso consumed than I was being a dad. And, um, 
But no, I don't know. That's a great question. I it, I generally like Trent's character. Yeah. Obviously, I can relate to Trent's character. Not even though I'm not a lot like Trent. I know people who are, and um, but I kind of like Trent's character. They've done a really that to me is the genius of that show is they've done a great job with characters like Trent who are somewhat obscure. Yeah. I mean, I love Trent in the in season one. I mean, at first I didn't like him. And then I was like, okay, I really like Trent. Um, and and I've all and I've kind of wondered too, like even in season one, which I'll talk about this because you haven't watched season one yet, like you're you're way behind. But like when he writes about, you know, Ted after their after Ted spends the day with him, and Ted really kind of wins Trent over. And um, you know, and Trent's like, I know that he's gonna fail and and Richmond's going to suffer the embarrassment of relegation to quote him. Um, but he's, but he says, you know, that he will not, you know, he will not gloat. He won't, you know, be happy about it. Um, and I think that that dynamic between the two of them as well as they have a deep respect for each other, um, you know, and, and I, and I've wondered as, you know, as a journalist, when you have a really tough situation and I'm, and you've, as you said, you've done it where you have to write something that you don't want to write, um, you know, or have to write something about someone whom you consider, you know, um, even maybe a friend. Yeah. I've had to do but it. With, you don't want to write it. I've had to do it with, with people who I've considered friends. Um, I've had to write it more often with people that I'm necessarily not friends with, but I respected. Yeah. Um, I try not to be friends with the people that I cover because it's, um, it leads it to difficult. It leads to that. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, I, and even, even today, like there's a, there's a couple of stories about things I've had to write or, Hey, call someone about with people who were friends. And, um, it was hard, you know, and you, you would open the conversation with, Hey, look, I know we're friends and I know that we like each other and respect each other, but hopefully you respect the fact that you understand that I'm a journalist and that I've got to ask this, I've got to do this. And, and, um, it's my job. And, and pretty much every time they have, they've understood it. I, cause I think, I think if you do a decent job as a as a reporter, as a beat writer, as a whatever that the people you cover get you. You know, it's like um I'll get this question like I got this question a lot this week cuz Ole Miss is playing Arkansas in football and my kids go to Arkansas. Right. And so uh people have been like who are you for? And I've tried to answer the question honestly with well, I'm not for anyone. Because I can't let myself go there. Because if I let myself be for someone, then it's going to spill over into my work. And they're like, well, but don't you kind of have a soft spot for Arkansas? And the answer to that is, yeah, sure. Um, you know, two weeks ago when Arkansas played at Texas A&M, and both of my girls were there in Dallas at the game with their friends. And um, I was actually in Brandon at a soccer tournament with Carson. And I was looking at the uh, the text chain because the game was going on. Carson was playing a team from West Monroe, Louisiana, as that Arkansas-Texas A&M game was unfolding. And um, I couldn't see it. Were you guys out at Shallow Park? Yeah. Dude, that's my – those are our fields, man. Oh, is that right? Yeah. They do a good job out there. 
Um, Appreciate you. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's good. Cool. Uh, continue so on your story. So we were out at Shiloh Park. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I'm looking at the family text and it's fun. You know, these three females in my life, none of whom are sports fans, um, are talking football. <laughs> and I, I put that loosely, talking football. You know, cause, uh, Ar- I bet you just kind of chuckled. I did. I laughed. You know, and then Arkansas's quarterback got hurt in the third quarter and Texas A&M started making a comeback and it was, oh no. And, um, what you know, like I couldn't see it. And so the girls were at the game and Laura was watching on television. And the girls are asking Laura, what, what are they saying on TV? Is he going to come back? Is he okay? Is, um, because th- this other, this other guy, he's not as good, you know, and, and how come, how come they won't put him back in and, and what's, what's going on? And, and then uh, Arkansas intercepted a pass that kind of stalled the A and M momentum, and it was like all this yes with multiple exclamations, and and you know someone was like, "Is it our ball now?" and stuff like that, and and I was laughing, and of course these are these are people that I love dearly, right? And and right, and yeah, when Arkansas won the game, and you see the the stuff coming in on the text from the from the girls, yeah, it made me laugh. I mean, it was yeah, they're, just, they're enjoying life, man. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it was a. And don't get me wrong, the game ends at 6 o'clock, and both of my girls would have been perfectly fine at 6.01 had Texas A&M won the game. I mean, I, I, let's not kid ourselves. But the fact that Arkansas won made their trip to Dallas a little more memorable, a little more fun, a little cooler. And so, yeah, was I happy that the Razorbacks won? Sure, of course. Now, this this Saturday, Ole Miss just came off of a, a loss to uh, Alabama, Yep. And frankly, from a business standpoint, I need Ole Miss to win, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I need Ole Miss to win. My numbers are better coming off of a win than they are coming off back-to-back losses. Job's easier. It's easier yeah. to cover a winning team than it is to cover a losing team. Um, but I don't have any control over it. I mean, so if I let myself go down that path, which is, oh boy, go Rebels, right? I go down that path. Well, what if they lose? I got I got to write about it. I've still got to produce content. I don't get to go, you know, hide in a closet somewhere and sulk until it's time for me to get over it. It doesn't work like that. So, for me as a journalist, I've always prided myself on my ability to be objective and uh, to to be professional. Because I don't know that there's an alternative. Like I, I'll say this, and people in this field will lose their at, – at me. I don't think you can be a fan and cover sports. I don't, I, don't th- I don't think the two can go hand in hand. And there are a lot of people that tell me, oh, yes, it can. I'm like, yeah, but you, it, comes, it comes across in your work. And so when it comes across in your work, inevitably the day is going to come when you have to write something or say something about people that you're cheering for or cheering against, at which point you're piling on. And I've had to catch myself before. Like, look, by the end, I didn't like Hugh Freeze very much. Um, you know, I didn't like the person very much. I didn't. I didn't like the man. It had nothing to do with his dalliances or whatever. But he and I had just – our relationship had, had hit a point where it was somewhat irreparable. Um. But you I had a good to, relationship with Kiffin. I don't really have any relationship with Kiffin. Uh, gotcha. Kiffin he just seems like a 
easy dude to talk. And I may be just totally no, he know, well, no, looking he, from the outside. Yeah, well, you are absolutely. He does not. Um, he does not deal with local media, and and so okay. so and some people I think get offended by that. I get it, right? He's one of the handful of people that has a um, the type of persona and the type of uh, cachet that he doesn't need to talk to me. He can talk to Dan Patrick or the guys at Barstool or um, any uh, any any number of national writers. Chris Lowe with ESPN. Um, he can get those kind of people. He can get them on the phone and get his message out much faster than he could by talking to me. I I don't I don't know that Lane really even knows who I am, which is fine. It doesn't bother me at all because it doesn't it doesn't impact what I do. Um, but if I took that personally, right, I'd have to be careful because now I'm like, okay, well, wait, wait, wait till you lose a little bit and then you need local media. And there's a lot of people, not in Ole Miss local media necessarily, but in local media in general who are like, okay, all right, you be that way. You big time me. And when you lose, you'll need me. Nah, I'm not that way. I, I just don't think you can be emotional about it. And I think that's what I like about Trent Krim's character. Yeah. You know, I think in season one, he thought, you know, this lasso guy, I wouldn't know anything. Yeah, I know anything is a joke, but he allowed himself to, to get to know, yeah, to Ted Lasso a little bit, and he developed a personal respect for him. Like he wrote in that column, you know, this is season one. He wrote, he's going to fail, and he's going to fail miserably, and I'm going to feel bad about it because he's a good guy. And I thought, okay, I get that, and I get that. Um, It was reminded me of when Ole Miss hired Matt Luke permanently. Mm, I thought this was a terrible man. That's a good. That's a good. Or like comparison. Yeah, I thought it's a terrible decision. And then almost immediately they did that Mississippi made thing, which I knew was a complete disaster. Um, I knew it was going to fail. By the end with Matt Luke, I could hardly look him in the eye because Ole Miss had wronged him so much. And I, I didn't feel like I could just write that week after week after week after week because it would hurt my business to write that where people would go, man, you're – you're apologizing for this guy because you like him as a person, and I absolutely like Matt Luke as a person a ton. Um, so it's it's complicated. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe we're working through all the different reasons that that uh, this show resonates with me. If you're still yeah, with I'm, us after 53 minutes uh, of this, <laughs> you like us, and we appreciate it. We really appreciate you. <laughs> we uh, we will come back next week. We'll we'll talk about. The Democrats and the GOP, they reached a short-term debt limit um, deal that's going to allow um, them to defer a showdown. To pay our bills. Yeah, over a debt ceiling until December. It's going to allow us to pay the bills. It's basically a punt. Uh, You're still going to have to come up with a solution, but we've punted for a few months here. Uh, Stocks have risen in the aftermath of the debt limit extension proposal. So everyone's like, still a punt, but... We've got that. You've got news about Pfizer uh, asking to uh, authorize the vaccine for emergency use for children ages 5 to 11. Uh, there's talk about how tax bill could hit different U.S. companies. There's a lot of stuff going on, but maybe we both just kind of needed a break from it today, Martin. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy we went the, the route we went. And if, and, if, and if this is our, you know, episode, those, you know, they had to write the two episodes that were the – after the 10 they had written in Ted Lasso this season. If this is one of our, you know, non-normal episodes, I'm very happy with it. Yep. I won't apologize for it. Me too. All right, well, we will stop there. Thanks for everyone for making us a uh, part of your week. We really appreciate it. 
If you like us right now, you're scrambling to Apple TV Plus to, to start downloading episodes. Uh, enjoy, and uh, we will be back with you next week with another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Have a great weekend. Take care. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.